and you're going too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man's money It's a bitch girl, but it's going too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway Say money, money won't get you too far, get you too far We're rocking. Here we are, another episode of Hall of Snokes. We're uh, trying to get you the uh, Book of Boba Fett episodes as they come, but we got two more for you. We got two more last week. I don't know when you're hearing this, but here we are. This is probably the most fucking consistent we've been in a long time, though. Realistically, like, yeah, honestly, our stand, our our audience, whoever's still listening at this point, has such low expectations that I think we must be really blowing them out of the water, right? Yeah, now. <laughs> I mean, I, that's where I like to keep people mostly in my life is with really, really low expectations. That way, when I do even something slightly good, they're like, "Oh, fuck, you're really killing it." How do you think the listenership of the show charts over time? I'm curious, kind of curious. I you mean, think I think that's assuming that there is a listenership. I, I mean, I think there are some people that like sometimes it comes back to me something that I said on here. So I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you I'm never not, know, but yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> we one day. I mean, you never know. It's it's. I don't know. I don't know like what those metrics are. How you how you look at them? I remember, I there was we, a. There I don't was know. A we want kind of when them, I you know when I, mean? I got pulled in as an extra Snoke, where I felt like you were the the very first prize winner of the uh the sweepstakes for yeah i mean i was the main listener <laughs> but there was there well, was see, a... the problem is if we keep bringing in our only listener to be <laughs> a, a regular member we're gonna run out of listeners yeah that's true but i feel like there was a time where like there were like mentions uh, like matt you had a pretty active engagement going on with some of the other like star wars podcast people and then you know, so there yeah. was a bit of it, like some people were listening to this who were in the broader like podcast sphere. And I'm curious if that uh, did that all die when like Roseanne got canceled or when we just all stopped doing the podcast or is it? Still yeah, who knows? Right. Program? I mean, it's like I think I mean, yeah, we, we, we had lost s- a lot of momentum, certainly. So, so do we have just- any metrics? <laughs> do we have any? Can I get any data? Sh- we, analytics here this is actually kind of shocking we had a uh, 62 downloads on january 23rd which i guess is i guess when we released Bro, the last episode that's huge i cannot believe that <laughs> that's actually very surprising to me all right gotta keep this shit rolling then. there's there must be some like tally up all the people that you know like i still think there's randos listening you know, potentially like, potentially i mean like we've gotten they were looking for hauling oats and they misspelled it yeah yeah i mean are. look yeah like and we've gotten some shout outs on some other fucking things occasionally here and there we like, should start selling advertising think, space 62, oh yeah, yeah wow for sure but i think also it's like i think like you said our I, I can only speak for myself, but my level of engagement with like the larger fandom definitely took a fucking hit for quite a while. Like, I think I definitely, I don't know when it was really, maybe it was COVID, maybe who knows, but like, you know what I, I think definitely, it is? I, I think... definitely stepped back for a while in terms of like how much I was interacting with other 
other I shows think our podcast or other is one of the only whatever. podcasts that's providing Max Rebo fans the, the space Ooh, that they need to sort of engage. You know, it's funny. Development. There's actually a lot of Max Rebo theories and, 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 uh, there, there's a lot of Max Rebo content going on right now. In the yeah, world. I think that, that's the main driver of our our sixty two downloads. Well, of know, well, in this in this podcast, even like we're gonna have to have a huge discussion about Max Rebo because oh I, yeah, oh yeah, there's yeah, he's he keeps fucking narrowly avoiding. A, um, well, I guess I know. I guess that's, I guess next week we will. But yeah, yeah, no, it's there's a whole it's all kinds of conspiracy theories about. Max Rebo being on the fucking. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming Max is going to be a major player in the finale. Like, I. Oh yeah. I don't I know mean, if he's like is going to bring him dark. in as the final bit of muscle, or he I might emerge so. as the sort of the crime lord yeah. that's been orchestrating, you know, the the war over, you know, Tatooine. It's like Most he's likely. running spice. I I, I mean I I think uh, he might have some bigger like implications in the entire galaxy at large because he's he's definitely uh force sensitive like there's there's no question <laughs> hey i mean he's he's gotten himself out of a couple of pretty fucking wily situations here now where it's like it's hard to keep chalking it up to like dumb luck yeah exactly well i mean also just laying down those sweet jizz tunes like well he's laying down all kinds of sweet jizz and yeah. we're here, and I'm here for it. Um, yes. Yeah, so, fucking episode four. What's what's up? A new hope. All right. All right. Saw that one coming. Uh, it's chapter four, to be clear. Yeah. Excuse me. I mean, it is a book. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's it's chapter. Anybody want to give the uh, the rundown of what the uh, transpired in Bo- Book of Boba Fett Chapter Four? Yeah, Matt, yeah. So this this one is like it's where it starts out. He's kind of just rolling through the desert on his own with his bantha, and then he uh, comes. He rolls up on Jabba's palace and is kind of scoping it out. And says something about like, ah, there's too many guards or whatever. And he's clearly been there a few times. Um, and then he kind of was like, nah, it's, it's too, you know, too risky or whatever. Then he's off just chilling in the, in the desert with his Bantha. And then we get the crossover from whatever episode. I want to say it's like season one of the Mandalorian actually, where um, they like go out into the desert and they're, um, going after Fennec Shand and and it's like Mando and that um, annoying ass fucking gunslinger whatever his I don't remember what his character's name was but Toro is the was... young <laughs> no go ahead Toro is is that the the one yeah yeah, yeah the gunslinger yeah. so probably yeah. the only character so far that's been more widely hated than the Speeder Kids right well I was gonna yeah. I was actually. I th- I, I didn't remember his name or like that character exactly, but I was gonna be funny if that that Toro guy became like modified to be one of the speeder kids. <laughs> uh, that would be pretty funny, actually. Did you say one of the spy kids? Is that what we landed on? The speeder kids, speeder, speeder kids, oh. but 
<laughs> I just heard what I wanted to hear. I got that's chastised tough. when I called them the Spy Kids before because yeah, yeah, you, that's you, true. You I did, I did. It. I cut you off because I was like, "You're, you're, you're besmirching the real Spy Kids." Yeah, okay. Yes. This is all coming back to me. Um, yeah, I the okay. So here's like here's my thing though. It's like, is is it not to some extent the sign of a good actor? It's like the um, God damn it, what's his what was his character in uh? Was it Joffrey? Yeah, Joffrey. In yeah. Game of Thrones. Uh, it's like, if, if you fucking hate them so much, and that's the point is you're supposed to hate them, doesn't that mean that they're like a pretty good actor? No? Yeah, or they're a douche. I mean, I think what it came out... But if, the part is a, but if the part is being a douche, is that yeah, not good that, acting? It sounds like, I think what happened is the guy got canceled for something like being a major like douche bro on social media and then his for like real life like, for like real life stuff yeah i'll try to what's what's the part called what's the character's name again i'll try to look up the details toro i think that's toro, his, uh, something like that toro calican okay played by i, I know he's like a famous like he has a famous family Like the re- the actor in real life, does. yeah. The, the uh, Jake. actor's name is Jake Cannavale. Cannavale. I don't know exactly what. What? But what did he do though? I don't remember. I remember um, maybe he was a dick or something, but I don't remember like the the details. Uh, I'm pulling back through my whatever Reddit garbage I was reading. All right. Well, while while ago. you. While you figure that out, we can keep going on on the episode till you get till you come to it. But anyway, fucking Mando and Toto are are going after Fennec, and and you see, um, remember they're like shooting off flares or whatever to like blind her fucking night vision or something. And so like that's you see Mando chilling by the fire, and then he sees the flares go up over the horizon or whatever. Um, and you get a little like. Uh, what do you call it? It's like a flute or a whistle, whatever the instrument is. It does the little Mando like flute noise, whistle noise. You know what I'm talking about the like. Anyway, it's from his fucking theme song. It's the whistle noise that it that that's like hit the Mandalorian's theme song noise. Um, and then Boba rolls up and and picks up Fennec and takes her to the the mod parlor where fucking Thundercat. Oh my god. <laughs> Is the guy who is is there to uh, to fix her or whatever? It's funny because when I was sitting there watching this scene, honestly, with the mod parlor, it's like, all right, it's a little silly and whatever. But like Darth Vader, obviously established a long time ago that this is a thing. I think it, they actually thinking, they they call it a mod mod parlor. Yeah, yeah. Boba yeah. says I took her to a mod parlor. Okay, because it's just like a tattoo parlor, right? Like that's the vibe yeah. in there for sure, but. Um, also doing like life saving surgery at the same time, apparently. <laughs> yeah, um, something was funky but, there. No, it's yeah, whatever. But I think, as I was like thinking about it, if if that scene would have been the only time that the the mods were in the show, I don't think anybody would have had a pro. I think everybody was like, yeah, whatever. It's fucking silly, but it's Star Wars and whatever. But like, I think if they if you would have taken him out of that other episode and out of that chase scene and only had this scene, 
because there's a reason there's a story reason for it here it's like fennec has to fucking survive and we know that she gets those fucking guts put in there later because she shows that in mandalore it's like that I think it would people would have been a little more forgiving if this was like the the extent of of them being in it, but yeah, it was even this. Scene, like, was like, does right. she like to smoke cigarettes and listen to electronica now? I mean, probably, <laughs> but also, yeah, I don't know. It's like she's like sixty, so I don't know. It might might be a, might might not be her bag. All right, so Jake Cannavale, Cannavale, oh, you got uh, it. Yeah, uh, he went on a rant on Instagram about. The Rise of Skywalker. He says, "Oh, here quote, we, oh, here we go." He goes on Instagram stories. He goes, says, "Quote: There were more plot holes than there was plot. The amount of by the ways was absolutely infuriating. Rise of Skywalker, by the way, dumbass title, was worse than Phantom Menace and Last Jedi combined. Fight me." There's okay. Can I ask a question though? Was this this hot take that he had? This is after they paid him to be in star wars or yeah. this is like he he had this hot take after like disney was writing his fucking checks he said it was yeah. worse than the phantom menace and what combined uh he says the worse than phantom menace and last jedi and all caps last jedi combined okay gotcha. which to me is the part that really i mean that's almost unjustifiable in, in my mind this like he somehow trashed two of two what I feel are if you if you're not gonna rank them as excellent movies, are like extremely <laughs> defensible Star Wars movies. Right? Oh yeah, I love both of those movies for yeah, sure. But um yeah, I guess it's funny to me. Like I think you'd be he could probably get away with it if that would have been like a tweet that somebody dug up uh from before he got hired, but like you know, well, you're the, for me, like, it's you, the you gotta the, know you gotta the dual know position of that. being like the dumbest character <laughs> in the Mandalorian, <laughs> who you know has absolutely no like redeeming qualities, is everyone hates and is annoyed. Like he's the Jar Jar Binks of the Mandalorian, <laughs> and then he's sitting yeah. there hating on the Phantom Menace. You know, well, yeah, it's like it's like if Joff, it's like if the actor who played Joffrey started tweeting about like how bad season eight of Game of Thrones was. It's like, yeah. all right, you might be right, but you're still a dumb fucking dick. And it's like, <laughs> like you said, it's not it's not like the guy who played Braun or whatever. It's like you already are on everybody's shit list just from them not liking your character basically yeah. so yeah, yeah I, I mean i, I, I think the other difference is like with joffrey like he, you hated him in universe but like he did a phenomenal job of, of being hateable the right. toro calican guy like i think you just hated him because he didn't fit in within the universe and just was yeah. kind of like what, what right. it was actually it was the same reason that i hate the speeder kids it's like this interjection of annoying sort of sassy millennial angst into my show and just Bro, like get I, it out like, make look, it go I, away I, i'm gonna take umbrage with that like i'm gonna say it's more like i'm gonna be this fucking cranky old fuck and be like it's a kid's these that it's fucking gen z angst bro it's not even millennial angst yeah, we're the fucking right. old i mean whatever you now. call it yeah we're the old fucks yeah oh yeah like if you go into like a uh a, a mall or whatever is a mall these days and like you, you'll get made fun of for being like oh look at this millennial oh yeah dude i mean i have to go into malls all the time for for my job with uh working with dogs and whatever and like yeah dude i'm i feel so old and i'm and i'm like i'm like a hip 
millennial and I'm old as fuck. Yeah. Because I say oh, shit I mean, like him. Because I, I say shit like him. I don't think you've made I any know top I'm 10 old. lists on, on hipness there, buddy. But. That's what I'm saying. But that you make, I made my own point, though, because I said, like, if you say that you're hip, that alone tells yeah. dates you and how fucking old you are. Like, yeah, nobody it's, it's, said that wow. shit in like yeah. 30 years. Yeah, it's this weird thing because like like millennials were raised by like baby boomers who were known as like these kind of like bored, boring, like old school people. Then they have like the millennials who are kind of like they were first at first young and like hip, but now they're just becoming like prestigious and like boring. But then you have like I'm the pretty, Gen Zers. I'm pretty fucking prestigious. The, the Gen Zers <laughs> were were uh, <laughs> were raised by like the show, the Gen Xers who were like the cool generation who were like they had Woodstock, they had like all this crazy stuff and uh, Woodstock in the nineties, which was like insane, right? But uh, Woodstock ninety nine, bro. Yeah, they they had like the whole like uh, grunge jump, like they're the grunge generation, so they're that's what that's what's raising the Gen Zers. So it's like. So what's happening with occasionally in in Mandalorian Book of Boba Fett is you have these like Gen Xers who like trying to reach out and speak to the Gen Zers across yeah. the 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 rift represented by the millennials and it's like we're the ones getting mad about this stuff. I don't know, we should bring on a Gen Zer and see what they feel about the spike, yeah. you know. And see, don't it, you gotta stop fucking calling them Spikers. Now I'm getting <laughs> mad. <at Peter. laughs> go go home and watch Spy Kids and fucking cleanse your palate. Like Jake Canavale, if you're listening to this, uh, we'd like to have you on the show, and we're gonna yeah, talk. He's to one you of our 61 Instagram listeners. And the Speeder well, Kids. Look, honestly, it sounds like his schedule is pretty fucking wide open. So. I mean, he 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 was born in 1995, which I think is is that like one of the first years of the uh, Gen Gen Z years. I don't, I don't know where the yeah, cutoff I don't know is. what's the cutoff. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, he's probably like doesn't the. I guess I think the cutoff is probably like a technological one. It's like, did you have? Can you remember a time without the internet or, or you know, did you always I feel like we're the edge phone? of that though? Like we're we're already the very edge of that because yeah, like, I think anyone we, anyone younger we were there in that like yeah. transition period of like not having it and then having yeah, it. No, like, I really I, anyone younger. It depends than us where you grew it. up as well. Like Montana, we are just inherently like three, four years behind everyone else because <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. So we just got Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the heart. Simpsons is just becoming Cobain in nineteen ninety-six. <laughs> But no, I, I distinctly remember getting the internet, which was like a big, big, big oh, yeah. ass computer, oh, yeah. which like had you like plugged into your phone line, like yeah. And if somebody picks up the fucking phone, it cuts them out. Like it, just shit that we say from like our childhood makes us sound like we grew up in the fucking nineteen thirties already. Like yeah, like oh, if I had to dial up the phone, and if your mom picked up the phone, it would cut out the internet, and it would take four hours to download one picture, and like. It's crazy. Oh, I mean, like I won't lie. Like I have three different versions of Star Wars on VHS, and like it's oh it's, yeah, it's just like the I one don't... that was like the OG one that we had was the one where it's like yeah. half of everyone's face, right? There's like half the stormtrooper face, half yep. the Vader face. Yeah, that half was a big. Yoda face. I think that 
that was like a big re-release, right? Like yeah, that, that was the special edition. Oh, the like special edition crystallized right? the, yeah. the new trilogy. Is well, the that, no, for for my tenth birthday, I went to the special edition of A New Hope in theaters because it, yeah, it released yeah, yeah, right yeah. around. Yeah, like I think it yep. was like no, I think it was ninety six or ninety seven. Yeah, because I, I think I think this right. is like the twentieth like anniversary this year. Is open because I yeah, saw something yeah, yeah. online about it. <laughs> well, no, and I feel like we probably told this talked about this like a couple of years ago but i like so like the first time i ever watched new hope it's fucking silly like will we were over at our buddy neil's house and we we're like i had fucking found a like tv recorded copy of a new hope and like was put it in and was maybe like 15 minutes into it and then just like fucking dumb luck that our dad came and picked us up and we ended up going to go to the fucking this old ass theater called the Woma, and they were they were playing fucking a New Hope in the theater, and that was like the first time I had fucking seen it, and it was in a fucking theater, and that shit absolutely blew my dick off. Like, and then they unreal. had they had a whole action figure line coming out with it and stuff, and it was oh like, yeah, dude, Power yeah. of the Force. Like people hate on them because they're all like steroided out and like whatever but like that Rogan. was yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't say that we're gonna get we're gonna get keyworded and they're gonna, they're gonna <laughs> fucking drop us too yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah no dude the power of the force was was the shit for sure growing up and that's the nice thing is the fact that everyone thought it was stupid is it means that you can like generally collectors it's not like super super sought after stuff so you yeah there's get a, a lot there's of that a, stuff there's fairly a, cheap. a collectibles type store um in my town that has like a, an entire department store type back stock of power of the force figures and they're selling them essentially at the same price they were available for in the 90s right they're like right a few bucks <laughs> a pop that's what i love about power of the force it's like you you could go into a toy store at that time and see any character you'd ever imagine in Star Wars, whether it be like the books, the comics, the, the right. movies, like it's all there. Like I remember I have uh Luke Skywalker in this like red yep, yep, yep. uniform. Like everybody yep. has it. I don't know what it's, it's like from. Imperial it was like yeah. it's from it's from one of those um Shadows of the Empire. Is it yeah. Crimson Empire? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it was like uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it is. I used to always call it Zizor, right? The, the I think technically it's Shizor, but we always said Zizor, and it's hard yeah. for my brain to like not say it that way. So there were a really cool line of action figures linked in with some of that sort of expanded. Universe yeah, yeah. Stuff. So, well, that was all the Shadows of the Empire stuff. Yeah, and uh, Red Luke was one of them. One well, and the the um the Chewbacca with the fucking flat top and the eye patch. Yeah, so I got you that uh last yeah, year yeah. from this one store and and yeah, uh, I think you left it in Montana, but it's still there. Yeah, yeah, it's uh I I loved all that shit though. Like there was such a cool rollout of like their video game, the book, all the fucking that, action that, figures, the uh, comic book. Eye patch like, Chewbacca was kind con- like he kind of reminds me of the chrysanthemum vibe black chrysanthemum all right yeah i did danny i was gonna ask you like oh did you should did you name your dog black chrysanthemum it's funny you got a black long-coated uh retriever puppy like right when that episode came out but um yeah dude it's it's cute (laughs) as fuck 
But I think Ronan is, is just as good of a name and probably a lot less confusing to explain to people. <laughs> that's, is, it, that's, um, is it Ronan spelled with an I or an A? It's an A. So R-O-N-A-N. So Ronan. So it's like right. it's a, a Marvel uh, Guardians of the Galaxy type name? Yes, like the uh, the the blue and black hooded Ronan, but yeah. it's uh, oh, what's his name? Ronan the 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 conqueror or something or yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm about to buy it because I I think I lost that action figure of like Luke Skywalker and the Imperial guards. Right. It's it's ten <laughs> well, bucks on eBay. Dash, <laughs> yeah, do you want? Yeah, and there was like a Dash Randar and yeah. No, I need to that that whole era of of. Uh, figures and, what's even and better content. there's there's a, a hill sticker on it for 486 <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so uh back to the episode i guess um so yeah boba rolls up takes her she gets fucking uh cleaned up and and modded up or whatever and then um her and Bo are chilling and kind of talking. It was interesting. One of the first things out of her mouth when they start talking, and he's like, "Oh yeah, um, I was hanging out with these Tuscans, and I was ready to just like give give this old life up and blah blah blah." But then I ended up basically getting them all massacred by his biker gang, and she's just like, "Biker gang? That's highly unlikely." So it makes me think that there's clearly some something else going on there, some other involvement with some other individuals or entities potentially as far as like who, who helped if, if it was somebody who helped the fucking bikers kill them, or if it was just somebody else who did it and then spray painted their logo so that they would try to kill each other or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I like the scenes with between him and, and her kind of showing how they develop their, their relationship and, um, I thought the scene where they go back to, to um, Jabba's palace and kind of infiltrate it was pretty cool. Um, I'll be honest, there was a moment where, <laughs> like, they roll up and <laughs> they start sneaking in. And then it's like, okay, we get General Clevis, right, with the fucking, like, the 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 cooking droid with the knives and the spinning arms is like all right okay it's funny and then and then the little rat catcher droid shows up and it turns into like a fucking bugs bunny cartoon and i'll i'll be honest and it's like look he had the elmer fudd look and everything too so like when i i kind of started to get the first time i saw it i was just like god fucking damn it like tell me Tell me this is not the direction we're going to go right now. Tell me this isn't going to be AP5 singing while floating through space right now. Like, I'm having fucking flashbacks to, like, Star Wars Rebels. Like, no. Like, I love you, Dave Filoni, but what the fuck? And then, like, it only went on for, like, five seconds. Like, okay, all right. That was silly. And then it got to be, like, a cool action scene or whatever. But I did have a moment where my hackles went up and I was just like, no. Like, no. Just stop it. Just let him, like, do some cool shit for five fucking minutes. <laughs> I actually like that little. No, like, when I rewatched it and I knew that it was only going to go on for a second, it was hilarious. Like, okay, it's funny. And like, that's a droid that's in Clone Wars a bunch. And like, it was cool to see it in live action. I was just like, God fucking damn it, you guys. Like, really? Like, do we have to do some more like silly fucking like cartoon shit right now? But I got over it. 
So I pulled it up. It's Imperial Guard, Luke Skywalker in Imperial Guard disguised with Taser Staff weapon. And then we have, uh, we got Bounty Hunter Chewbacca, Dash Rendar, and then yep. the, uh, the Prince here with his. Oh, yeah. Oh, and there was the Leia, the Bounty Hunter Leia. Yeah, and a Bounty Hunter Leia, which is actually super dope. That was one of my favorite ones, too, with, see, with the little removable helmet. Yeah. Oh, dude, and the fucking Outrider, uh, Dash Rendar ship. So, so cool. I, what I didn't realize, and I just found from looking up on Rebel Scum, is that there's like this line of uh, micro machines associated yeah, yeah. with this as well, which are super cool. Yep. Was it wasn't the bounty hunter layer like like Bausch or something or Boosh? Bausch, yep. Boosh, yeah. yeah. And then oh yeah, because I have the micro machine slave one that is from this line. I mean, I mean micro machine. I have the micro machine fire spray gunship. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's like a weird uh, kind of like thing where it's like they haven't officially renamed it. But they, but I can't believe that they're going to actually refer to it as the slave one. It's just like how the slave Leia outfit is is now the prisoner outfit, prisoner Leia outfit. It's like they're just they're just trying to not use that word. Like, and I get it, I guess, on one level, but also like not really because like Star Wars has never shied away from that. Like, it's a yeah. slave. Turns out slavery is a fucking heavy topic, right? But, like, the main character of Star Wars was a slave. And, like, his whole fucking driving motivation was to, like, end slavery and free slaves, including his mother and, like, all the... So, it is it is kind of odd to me that, like, they're... Like, I get it. It's a big corporation. They're just trying to be more PC and whatever. But it is just kind of an interesting thing, considering the context of, like, Anakin and his whole fucking backstory and whatever. But... Anyway, yeah, you would think that they would just find a way to like stitch in some some story in the Boba's backstory in which there's like a significance to the name or something rather yeah, than for sure basically and, making and it sound it. like it was an endorsement because it didn't I don't think it ever ever took it as an endorsement of slavery. No, no I don't think so. And and in in Star Wars canon, there's a thing called like a slave circle it with his which is like when your ship hooks up to another ship and they fucking are basically driving your ship remotely or whatever like it's i think it is it's you know like the the context is not really what they're worried about i think they would have would have been better if they took it head on as opposed to sidestepping it makes it look like yeah. They just make them look a little shameful okay, but it's like okay and i did hear somebody make a point about like he says, can you help me recover my fire spray gunship, which is technically the model. And it has always technically been the model. Like, like Mando's ship was a razor crest. Right. Yeah. It's like, but it's like, if you're talking to somebody that you barely know and you're like, Hey, um, I have to go get my fucking Honda civic yeah. out of storage. You're not going to be like, Hey, I have to go get my Betsy out of storage because they wouldn't know what the fuck that means, right? You probably <laughs> yeah. would just call it the yeah. model that it's called, not like the like I used to call my fucking uh 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 Chevy Blazer that was red like red five. But if I was like, hey, I to somebody I barely know, like I'm gonna go get my red five, they'd be like, what? Huh? Are you okay? Do you need to ride to the doctor? Like, yeah, it was fine the the first time. If it keeps coming up. Yeah. Like 
and they're obviously dancing around it, then it's going to become uncomfortable once. Well, I think that's, that's the thing where it's like, especially on things like Lego sets and toy sets. Now it just says Boba Fett starship or whatever. Whereas even like three years ago, they were putting out Lego sets that were the slave one. Right. So it's, it is, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And they haven't officially renamed it or whatever, but it's like, it is just like a weird little, like, all right, whatever. I'm not going to get that fucking bent out of shape about it, but it is just kind of silly. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like one of those things like it, does it it like the name was only for the toys really right yeah that's the thing it's not like they ever said it in any other movies or it's just one of those things and it's like it's a thing where like it's an interesting world that we live in where there's like left-wing and right-wing star wars fans because there are and like i i I see both sides of the argument because it's like like, it it really makes no sense to call it the slave one like it's, it's it's a spaceship yeah, but at the same time, it's it like it was just the next. It was traditionally like what it's been called because if you're like a longtime Star Wars fan, right. so like if 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 you're just if your kid's gonna get into Star Wars and they're like, "Hey, mom, can I get the Slave One?" It's like, wait, what? What is that? The only thing worse, but than, like, yeah, than um, the decision to like rename something that didn't previously have Im- necessarily implications that might, you know, be uh, related to this this serious historical institution that's created all of the problems in our social inequality. The only thing worse than this weirdly transparent choice are the people that are really mad about it as well. That are like, yeah, you know, like the, they're the using it as a chance to be like, look, the woke far and away. people are, yeah. yeah. Thanks Disney. Thanks Obama. <laughs> like, no, it's another yeah. Mary Sue. Yeah. Yes. yeah. 100 percent agree like there's no it's it is silly on all sides but but like you said i think in a weird way the when it doesn't have that connotation and you change the name it's also like weirdly implying that maybe there is that connotation yeah, it didn't exactly, fucking exist exactly before. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's it's all it's all just fucking weird and silly and and like you said though it doesn't like what they fucking call it it's like okay the millennium falcon is called the millennium falcon by fucking everyone a million times in a million different properties it's like this has never been said out loud or not said out you know what i mean so this brings us to an important topic that i guess we can't uh i'm trying to i'm trying to calculate here when this shows up so um can we talk about the new starship that's made an appearance i think so that's in the next episode. Yeah, that's in the next yeah. episode. But going back to the Falcon, like that, I've always had this like internal like discussion in my head is like, do Falcons actually exist in the Star Wars universe? It's a great question. Like, it's, it's yeah, it's a fair point. Millennium, with the, which is a term for a thousand years, right? Plus a Falcon, which is a bird on the planet Earth, which is in a galaxy like far, rats far away. Exist like Earth rats exist yeah. at at Jabba's palace. We see them in this episode. So this so brings us like back to the snakes sort of exist. origin we see story. Snakes and iguanas for, on Dagobah. We were talking about the evolution of all these sort of um, humanoid type creatures, right? And the evolution of bipedalism and whatever. And the truth is, that I honestly think that everyone in the Star Wars universe has an an ancestral origin on earth in some well you way. know it is okay so here's talking about hot takes because somebody uh our buddy sam uh yo dog chris you know him 
Um, yeah. He sent me a TikTok yesterday. He maybe he sent it to you too, Will. It was a hot take from this guy, uh, actually a guy who Megan used to work for, a guy at um, SciShow on YouTube. It's like a pretty popular thing, but uh, whatever the fuck his name is. And his hot take was about how, like, uh, basically Star Wars is not fantasy. It's science fiction officially because the very first words in Star Wars are a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So it's in our universe. It's not in a different universe, right? It's in a it's in a, a galaxy far, far away a long time ago, but it's like objectively part of our universe. Like Star Wars, according to Star Wars itself, exists within our universe. It's just in a different galaxy and it was ancient history. Well, that's I'm, pretty... well, that's a long time ago that's very relative. Like, is a long time ago, like 20 years ago? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's just pretty obviously descendant from, like, modern era Earth stuff. So a long time ago might be like 200 years ago and somehow somebody... You know, I don't think it's descendant from it, though. I think clearly we're descendant from that because this. I think the implication is that, like, this happened millennia ago in a in a faraway galaxy i mean so if anything if anything we we have this hypothesis but i think there's stuff on there that's obviously derivative of things that didn't exist you know it's like yeah but isn't it a more likely argument if if we're believing the source of of the text that says long time ago isn't it more likely that anything that we have that is familiar to star wars is actually derivative like it's us being derivative of them, not the other. No, because uh, no, because we have a clear Why? sequence of how human cultural. Did this just become out. Joe Rogan podcast? <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically. But the thing is, so are you guys like, also on DMT? It's there are no links. Like, in order for that to be compelling, we would have to have like nice links between, let's say, humanity at twenty thousand years ago and what we see in the Star Wars world, and they're Why? not. They're not there. Why? So where are you putting this this event? I'm not putting it anywhere. I'm saying that like the only source of information we have is Star Wars itself. And Star Wars itself is telling us that this happened a long time ago, but in our fucking universe. Well, but therefore, the things that we have that are familiar in our world now that are, are familiar to Star Wars is not. Star Wars being derivative of our world, it's our world coming thousands and thousands of years after Star Wars. So anything that we yeah, have, that's... I mean, time is influenced by relativity and all this stuff, and so it's like it's pretty hard to put place in in a absolute timeline here, you know. So it's like fucking I think, prove it. I think basically at some <laughs> point for this all to make sense. For us to oh, there's no the, way that any of this makes sense. For us to take the long time ago galaxy far, far away thing at base value, we have to have somewhere like there has to be a branch. Okay, say 10,000 10, years ago. Okay, but so 10,000 years, I could point, if I did a critical analysis, I'd pull out all these things that are derivative of the last two or 300 years in, you know, so I feel like we have to walk a pretty fine line here yeah i don't think we do i think we're literally just talking fucking nonsense so i don't think you have to walk any kind <laughs> I'll, of i'll sit fine down line. with the pen and paper and see if i can find a way to make this all you know balance all right out well here. you let us know when you figure it out 
All right, next, um, next week. So I think that, like, honestly, most of the rest of this episode, I fucking love. Um, like, the whole hangar fight scene, I thought was pretty dope. It kind of reminded me of um, the first time that they fire up the Falcon in, uh, um, or sorry, the Corellian YT-2300 freighter, excuse me, um, <laughs> in uh, uh, Force Awakens. And it's kind of, like, janky as fuck and, like, not working right and they're banging it around and they finally get it to take off um but yeah i like that whole fucking scene you see them actually at the beginning that they knock unconscious the two gamorians who they recruit later and like some of the only ones that they don't fucking just murder <laughs> um which also makes it make sense why like later when they come back and we see the flashback again in this episode where boba and fennec roll in and and kill um Bib Fortuna, which was from whatever the end of Mando season two originally. Uh makes sense why it was easier for them to do that because they already fucking came in and cleaned house uh previously. Um, but yeah, I thought that whole scene was pretty cool. I don't know. What did so, you guys think? I'm I was left wondering, like, you know, like is Bib sort of kind of an idiot here, or like he he has is he kind of sitting in an empty house? Like I was was pretty well, they talk about it in his... the, they they talk about it in the episode like like boba like so so later in the episode they're they have the kind of like godfather meeting of the family's dinner around the rancor table um and he talks about how like basically bib fortuna was kind of a a ruler in name only um, and was just really wily and Machiavellian about playing all sides against the middle. And that, like, he says something about each one of you tried to usurp him and take over his power, but he was such a fucking backstabbing weasel that, like, he kept finding ways to not, you know, not let it happen. And, and that he was really good at, at basically just being a complete piece of shit and, and, Managing but to stay in power by just fucking everyone over. Very seriously, that's what I'm. But no, but that's what I'm saying is they just like earlier in the fucking episode they obliterated his security forces. Like they did the the video game thing where you send in your fucking drone or your or if it's Assassin's Creed you fly your Falcon over the fucking top and you tag all the guards. Right? They send in their little drone to tag all the guards and you fucking. But in the end, they fucking kill most of them. So that when so, but know, let's later when they come back, back. Return of the Jedi and think about Jabba's palace at its height. It's like everyone was playing it pretty cool in there. Even yeah, Luke Skywalker, the fucking this Jedi master here, is like kind of like he's like, well, I better not do anything crazy. Yeah, but this is not that like there's no fucking there's there's no more rancor right at this point. Like there there is no there's no threat of the of like Jabba had the weight of the entire fucking hut clan behind him like the huts have fucking survived the fucking republic and the empire and every like the huts are like the huts also must like kind of understand security a little better though yeah oh yeah but but it's also like Boba even says something earlier in the season where it's like the the twins show up and he says or Fennec's like we would have to get permission to kill them Cause it's like the huts are that protected and people know like the huts are kind of like the pikes, right? Like if you fuck with them, it's a big deal. 
And I think that's the thing with like Viv Fortuna was basically relying on the fact that he used to be associated with Jabba the Hutt and that like that was it. But but again, there's there's way less like prestige and, and whatever in in his rule because he's just a fucking weasel and everybody knows it. And also they've established in this episode that like not long before they come back and kill him, they fucking iced like 90% of his security forces. Yeah, but it wasn't very, it was a little, wasn't very whelming. I'll say that. Sure. I mean, whatever, but like, you know, it's the point of that scene at the end of Mando season two was just to show him coming in and killing Bib Fortuna. So then they had to retcon away where, why there wasn't like a lot of security left, which makes sense. Um, I will say, okay, they get the ship out and whatever. <laughs> I fucking, I fucking love the scene where he comes for the bikers, though. Yeah, where where that shot where it's just them and you're like, oh fuck, you know some shit's gonna happen, and you you can just see the little tiny speck way off in the distance of a of a fire spray gunship. Yeah, that was very satisfying. <laughs> and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And like, oh my God, dude, I fucking, it is like such a short and sweet little scene, but I it reminded me it. of um, Rogue Squadron, like some of those levels where you're like cruising down and just like, there's some people on foot, you know, in your action. <laughs> Yeah, and then you you just evaporate them with your little blasters. Well, <laughs> they go. Ah! <laughs> um, no, I I fucking love that. And honestly, I thought the Sarlacc scene was cool too, where like they show up and and I saw people like bitching and complaining on the internet, like, oh, why would he go looking in Sarlacc pit for his armor and blah blah. It's like when he fucking crawled out of that thing, he was he was fucked up. He was like oxygen deprived he was passed out and as soon as he woke up he got fucking domed by a jaw like he was concussed like he doesn't know what the fuck happened he just woke knows that he woke up outside of it with no armor like yeah so he, i think he it, does, he's clearly not in a <laughs> conscious state when the jaw was take all his, his uh his gear right so the part i felt weird was like I don't know. He's just like looking right down the Sarlacc pit after they kind of showed it was like massive in the first episode. He's gonna shine, he's gonna shine a light in the first part, see if we can see it. <laughs> yeah, it did feel a little bit like somebody walking into a fucking house in a horror movie. You're like, dude, like you know, you know this thing gonna go well, right? But I did think it was funny that they brought back the um, the beak. <laughs> from the special edition I know that was some shit people were, like raged about back in the day of like the, the them adding the like beak mouth or whatever but it's like I think that's what I like about what these new shows are doing they're they're taking things that were previously like made fun of and incorporating them in a in a way that's cool and, and interesting and I fucking every time a fucking seismic charge drops I think anybody who was like a kid when Attack of the Clones came out just gets fucking giddy and absolutely and, yeah, yeah seeing it drop into the fucking into the sand and like explode underneath was really cool um, I fucking love that whole thing where it's just like fire in the hole and then as soon as they get up he's just like don't and, and don't, like, touch, don't touch my buttons <laughs> but not not to like go into like George Lucas territory but like how poetic is that that like 
the, the like dumbest moment in, in like Boba Fett's like history was him like being like knocked in the back his, and getting thrown into the Sarlacc pick. And then the coolest thing he has was like the uh, the the seismic charge, or I guess in like the Boba Fett family, and like the fact that the the, the Sarlacc gets killed by the the seismic charge is just like it's perfect, right? Like it it couldn't be written any better to, to, in my in my eyes. No, I fucking loved it. Sorry, you maybe can hear my fucking neighbors. They have a fucking husky that's <laughs> howling like crazy. Um, yeah, no, I I thought it was yeah, like you said, it's it's like poetry, you know. They rhyme. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I did think it was good poetic justice for sure. Um, and and I like so they then they kind of are chilling at you know having a fire again or whatever, and there's a. I've seen uh, Fennec, Fennec says something that's I feel like kind of arguably speaking for some of the audience of you know regarding these first few episodes and she says like oh your time with the Tuskins has made you soft and he's like no actually it's made me stronger because I realize that you can only get so far without a tribe and that was some interesting like character development and also I don't know explanation of his motivation because He's like basically been on his own, been the lone gunner, gunman for he's he's Mando, right? For most of his career, right? Just a guy out there fucking on his own doing his thing. And I think it's it's interesting to see that motivation of him like learning that, you know, he's actually gonna be a lot more effective if he has other people having his back versus just being out there trying to do it on his own. Yes, and I, I, I feel like that was like if it's not a direct message to the people that I, I've heard some like uh fan uh complaints about Boa Bet Boa Fett being like uh too too sympathetic in this series. It's like Oh my god, just shoot me, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like if there was if there was a way that I could just consume Star Wars without any sort of participation in popular this, culture this, would... this is kind of what we were talking about before about like you know i i think part of why i stepped back from engaging a lot with like other shows or other content creators whatever the fuck you want like whatever you want to say just like the general fandom is because of i think some of the toxicity of it like i enjoy doing this with you boys because i know we can fucking joke about shit when it's silly and talk about shit like that we find interesting and and we're not gonna just like you know go after each other and say that you're a fucking piece of shit or you should be canceled or whatever like people are just out there trying to have so many hot takes about everything. And, and it's like, it's to some extent has, I wouldn't say it's ruined, but it's definitely changed my, my view of, of engaging with, with the larger like star Wars fandom in the last couple of years. Cause it just becomes so negative and it's like, ah, oh, no, like you can have an opinion and you can disagree and you can think somebody else's opinion is dumb as fuck. But like, how you say it is i think relevant and if you're just i don't know there's just so much like fucking unbridled rage on the internet about everything but i think when you take like ultimately something that's a story for children 
like and and get so fired up about it that you're like yelling and fucking raging and saying that people are ruining your life or fucking ruining your childhood or whatever like people just take it too far and get too fired up and i think that's like part of why i've fucking dialed it back a little bit is just it's it stops being fun at that point and like to me it's something that is mostly a purely positive thing in my life and like the thing i do probably most of anything it's like because i think the biggest thing i miss with these shows is is the like crowd reaction and the like watching it for the first time with a group right like i think that's that's the biggest thing that i've missed so like i'll go on like watch people's reaction compilation videos or whatever when there's like a big moment or a big cameo or, or something like that but other than that like it's just yeah there's a, such such a weird fucking vibe out there sometimes with with so much like people are just either it's I guess the best I'm, thing I'm ever or it's the worst thing ever i'm especially frustrated for it to now be rearing its head towards the boba fett because like for the longest time i mean this has been on for you know forever but you know it's for for a while it's been purely directed towards like the new trilogy and like Mandalorian was the one thing where people would shut up about. And then now it seems like, you know, the luster is worn off for some people and they're ready to just reorient the spray towards this thing, which is, you know, it obviously, you know, we've had some things to talk about and whatever, but it's like such a lovingly crafted, beautiful, piece of star wars that is like it makes me extra mad for it to be just receiving all this hate uh from the community that cannot be satisfied by anything yeah but it's like it's like whoever said it i can't remember but nobody hates star wars like star wars fans and it's very true and i think also that it's like we talked about last week a little bit where with mando you basically get to make a Boba Fett show with none of the restrictions or expectations of Boba Fett, right? Mando is Boba Fett. Mando is, is the man with no name. He's Clint Eastwood, right? He's a fucking mysterious gunslinger. Like he, he is that archetype without all of the baggage of it being Boba Fett. So I think yeah, Biden, that's clearly he, what's happening is that the, Oh yeah. They so, had a so Mando spot gets, where there's no baggage and then, yeah. And, and you know. I think they literally said that at the beginning of like yeah. Dave Filoni and John Favreau have said that in interviews, like we wanted to make a Boba Fett show, but without having all the fucking baggage basically. And, and they did. But then I think when you turn around and make a Boba Fett show for real people, there's so much it's like it's interesting because it's like like the solo movie arguably there's as much baggage and whatever and and yet i feel like people didn't go after that quite as bad so it is interesting to me because it's a character that you know i think the thing with han solo is there's more to draw from there's more movies there's more like we know a lot more about who that character is in canon Whereas I think Boba Fett is one kind of like Luke Skywalker post Return of the Jedi, where people extrapolated a lot of shit in their own brains and decided that, oh, this, this, and this, this character has to be a cruel, evil, badass motherfucker. And you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I don't know. People, people get real, real fucking heated about it. But I, I have to say that 
and I've said it a few times already in the last few weeks, but I'm trying to hold back because every week, like when I look back, I have a kind of different opinion about things and, and I'm like, Ooh, and now I'm seeing this in a different light than I did last time. And it's very Dave Filoni. Like that's what he does. Like this, I've, I've been doing this for years where I'm like, Oh, this is some fucking dumb shit. And then went by the end of the season of whatever the show is, I look back, I'm like, Oh, okay. Actually that's interesting. And maybe I don't dislike it as much as I thought. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. And, and, and what we've gotten in the last two weeks, especially has, you know, been some pretty cool shit. So I, I, and I, I gotta say, I really like the fucking end of this episode, black chrysanthemum in the bar, just getting drunk, fucking raging at Trandoshans and ripping arms off. Um, in the comic books, he was like in, enslaved by Trandoshans and, captured by them and done, they did a bunch of fucked up shit to him so that that made you know that track um and then i like the scene at the end a lot like i said it kind of was like some godfather vibes where they're all having dinner above the fucking rancor pit uh kind of reminded me of the scene in kill bill too with fucking oren where she's like she chops that dude's head off at the table um, not quite as dramatic, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I fucking, I liked it quite a bit. And then you get the little Mando teaser, arguably at the end of the episode where they're like, Oh, we could buy some muscle. And then you hear that, that whistle or I, I don't really flute. I don't really know how to say it better than that. Whatever the, you, the fucking Mandalorian flute noise. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it a lot, honestly. Yeah. Should we do our score for the, the this episode and then summarize the, the the next one. Sure. I'll go first. I guess. Uh, I I I really like this episode because it kind of bridged the uh, the flashback scenes with like what's currently going on very well, and uh, for that reason, I I give it an eight. And I, I think this like. We'll discuss this more in the next two episodes. It's like this is the last episode we saw where we like are kind of very invested in the Boba Fett story. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give this uh probably an eight point five. I was you know pretty much engaged across the board. I uh I was not uh super you know chuffed about the the mod parlor stuff, but ultimately I got so jazzed up with, with the jizzed the, up the fire spray. Jizz, jizzed up. Yeah, I got real um I, say I, it. This fire spray gunship getting you know sort of uh off the ground and, and back in action was a very high point of the season so far with me, and so I give it a eight point five. All right, I, I don't know why, but for some reason, I really like the whole uh, mod parlor portion of it. I know it was out there and kind of felt like it should have been like an animated <laughs> series, and my husky agrees with me. But like, <laughs> it, it was just so bizarre that like I've never seen anything else with like like it in Star Wars, maybe because it kind of like was a newish idea, even though it was kind of like probably. I like the concept yeah. of it. I just, yeah, it's so 
like incongruous with how Tatooine has been presented in the past. That yes. like the <laughs> yeah, idea I, that Tatooine actually has a bunch of like annoyed teenagers that have yeah. like techno parties all the time kind of annoys me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like the concept. If it had been on another planet, I would have been. Yeah, yeah. like a Nar Shada type yeah. of like. Yeah, like Coruscant. I, that would fit on Coruscant, I think. Like exactly. In the Kenobi <laughs> show, I want to see Kenobi go into one of these things, and it's like you know. He like walks into a dusty, you know, little moisture farmer plaza, and it's like, yeah, I, I will say that. It's, it's, what it's are you doing here, old man? You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could have been I, okay. executed differently, but I, I like the whole concept. Is what I'm, what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I can agree with both of those things. I think I didn't, I liked this mod scene a lot better than any of the other previous stuff. Also, but like, I, I can agree with Will. I think it it would have worked better on a different planet maybe mm-hmm. i think i gave this episode like 7.5 kind of middle of the road i think stuff i was like hey eh. stuff i was excited about and I, it would probably be higher if the next two episodes didn't exist too and then we had an right <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably go similar to Will and say like eight eight point five. I liked it a lot. Um, I I really liked the next two episodes a lot too, but for very different reasons. Because I think you know, obviously it kind of changes course a little bit and goes in a different direction to some extent. Um, but yeah, I definitely I like this one a lot. I really like the uh, all the all the flashback stuff with him and Fennec teaming up and infiltrating Jabba's and getting the gunship and whatever. Um, I liked that a lot. I, I really liked the part where he recruits Kersantan and I really liked the fucking, the Godfather vibes at the end. Um, you know, I think, yeah, for me, this is probably to this point, one of my favorite episodes of the series. Um, but yeah, I'd say, Eight, 8.5 is is pretty fair um but yeah you want to talk about uh mandalorian season three episode one <laughs> yeah let's do it for me this just like it was a it was a adrenaline jerk back into just full steam ahead complete fangasm um start to finish just uh i was just rolling uh the whole time and yeah, you're right. It's a it's a big shift of tone and content from the earlier episodes, but I I don't consider that a complaint necessarily. Uh, I guess it'll depend on how it all comes together at the end. But for me, um, I felt like well, maybe we should summarize we should summarize the plot a little bit before we go into full. Uh, yeah, that's that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it starts it starts um, in the meat packing district. Um, <laughs> it's uh, See, we should have got Rafe on to discuss. The, yeah, well, uh, yeah, get his fucking meat expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and in the concept art, I don't know what it was actually in the episode. I don't know if we see or not, but I think in the concept art, which is one of the things that I love too at the end, in the end credits for Mando yeah. and for this, is you get all the concept art. Um, 
but it's tauntauns, I think, that are hanging up in the in oh, the concept art. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you see their like horned heads or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's uh I, I like that whole scene a lot. Like you see Mando rolls in and um basically just kind of creeps his way into the back and to the little poker game or sabak game, I'm guessing, uh, that's going on in the back and uh has a bounty for the guy or whatever uh i i didn't think it was just like re-watching it. i was like thought it was kind of funny that all these people who work there are just like letting him casually stroll through to the back <laughs> like <laughs> like clearly his dude is fucking armed to the teeth and like i would assume that they know that their boss is into some illegal shit like probably so I did think it was kind of funny that they're all just kind of like watching this guy in full Mando armor with like guns and spears and swords, just like <laughs> casually stroll through their. But you kind of see why at but, the end because yeah. also like they oh all yeah they don't have any loyalty sort of they're not and yeah exactly kind of like you know what I'll you know they don't pay me enough for this shit <laughs> oh for sure yeah like I this is I wasn't even supposed to be here today yeah, yeah. for sure um no so i yeah but i i fucking love that scene because i i i would say the next this episode and next the next episode both i were like i was not expecting it to dive into the things that it dove into so fucking quickly um because we get the little stinger at the end of episode four that's like oh we know you know muscle can get you credit or credit can get you muscle if you know where to look and then it's just fucking right into it, like immediately. And the whole fucking action scene with the dark saber, and he's just fucking laying waste people, cutting yeah, motherfuckers I, I in half, was, cutting heads off. Like I assumed that a lot of the things that went right into in episode five here were like gonna be the the premise for the next season of Mando or the next season of Boba yeah. Fett or whatever. And yep. I thought this put this stuff way down the pipeline, which makes me feel like there might be some big shit. If this is not the big shit, then like we're definitely going to go into some big territory with the next season. So, yeah, no, I think Mando season three is going to be fucking wild, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't the the but the opening, just the opening scene, the opening little fight was fucking amazing like just getting to see him use the fucking dark saber and fuck himself up with it really bad because he doesn't know what he's doing i thought um, the fights in this episode were by far like the, some of the coolest in all of the floney and favreau series like um i think that the dark saber is adding so many combat wrinkles here that are just so so cool right um, yeah, dude, he absolutely fucks himself up with that, like, sears part of his leg off. And I thought it was, it was like a little, a small little thing, but it's like when he's walking to go, like, drop off his bounty and he knows people are watching and he's trying to, like, be all fucking hard and whatever, he's not limping at all, or he's at least hiding it really well. And then as soon as he's, like, out of anybody's sight and he knows they're not, he just, like, fucking collapses and he's just, like, limping like a motherfucker, you know what I mean? Just trying to fucking put on this tough exterior or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it was cool to see kind of, like, yeah, he's fucking people up with it, but also he clearly doesn't know how to use it. And I did like, to the whole, 
you know, he goes and finds the Mandos and it's literally just the armor and uh, what's his name? Paz Vizla are the only ones left. And um, she's training him or whatever. And it, it gave me a lot of vibes from Rebels. I don't know if it's season three or season four where um, Sabine gets the Darksaber. And then she's training with it with Kanan. And it's a lot of similar stuff. She's like, oh, it's really heavy. A lot of the same lines where, where he's talking about like, oh, you're fighting against the blade and it's an old sword and it's heavier and it's different. And it was cool just to see. I feel like there's already been a lot of uh, connective tissue with Rebels so far in in this show, which has been really cool. Uh, I mean, obviously it's Dave Filoni, so it makes sense. But they even mention in, in part of that... Um, uh, they talk about Bo-Katan and how uh, she got the Darksaber, but she didn't win it in combat. And you see that in Rebels. Sabine gives it to her, and that's where she, like, you know, starts her, her reign or whatever, trying to take back Mandalore. But she didn't win it in combat, so therefore, like, everything is cursed. And then you get the little flashback of uh, the Great Purge and the Night of a Thousand Tears, and you get the fucking Terminator vibes with the K2 droids. Um, and they straight up fucking, like, I don't know what you call them, because they're probably not, oh, maybe they are nuclear weapons, but they have all these, like, mushroom clouds, and they're fucking demolishing all the cities and uh, sending in fucking droids to, to basically just ice anybody who is left at the end. Like, I thought all that shit was really cool. Yeah, I got real excited for what we might be getting on Mandalore. Although I think that definitely will be Mandalorian season three, you know, um, in terms of he's obviously got to go back there now to sort of get his shit figured out with with the rest of his little helmet only crew, you know? Yeah, right. She Well, she says something about that because him, him and um, Paz Vizsla, who they don't, I, I tried to look it up to see like, Obviously, he's some sort of a relative of Pre Vizsla, who is also voiced by John Favreau in the Clone Wars and became the leader of Mandalore. And then Darth Maul fucking cut his head off and took the Darksaber from him and all that. Um, I was like, oh, so is this his son? Is it his cousin? Is it like, you know what I mean? Obviously, there's a connection, um, but I couldn't find anything on the Internet that that specified like what their actual just that they're. Yeah, related obviously um but but the the armor i think there's some shady shit going on with her too honestly um i I don't really know what but like i think i I, i'm very suspicious of her at this point that that was kind of my question because like i I haven't like watched the clone wars as nearly as much as i should have and like i know there's a lot of like threads that I've, i've just completely missed but with the mandalorians like is there was two remaining like Mandalorians that he goes to see I, I guess three if you can count Din like is that what's remaining of Death Watch yeah okay so like I guess just like a real quick rundown yeah. of, of kind of like sort of what happens in the Clone Wars and like what the fallout of that is is that like um, in the Clone Wars era Mandalore has essentially become like a pacifist peace society and they've tried to reject and move away from all of their previous warrior ways and all of the people who are still trying to 
live this warrior mentality and this whatever warrior lifestyle have basically all been like exiled from Mandalore and Mandalore is trying to stay neutral and trying to stay out of the Clone Wars. Um, but Death Watch is uh, one of these fringe groups that's been exiled from the mainstream of Mandalorian society. And they exist on the fucking moon of, uh, I think it's called Concord Dawn. And, and so like the reason that, that Death Watch escapes from like the purge and all this fucking genocide basically and massacring that happens is because they had been exiled and were like a cult living off on their own basically or like a terrorist group arguably depending on who you ask um but so in the clone wars uh the mandalore is ruled by this lady named duchess satine who is bo-katan's sister um and then bo-katan was actually part of death watch and like rolled with fucking pre or whatever. And then um, he gets involved with Darth Maul. Darth Maul has this fucking plan to, you know, basically start a crime empire. He re- leads his fucking revolt on Mandalore. Uh, and eventually he kills pre and Darth Maul becomes fucking ruler of Mandalore for a very short period of time. And then Bo-Katan, right when Maul kills pre is like, fuck all this noise. I'm out of here. She tries to lead a fucking insurrection against Maul. And then she and her fucking night owls, I think they're called, all peace the fuck out and and splinter off from Darth Maul at that point. Um, so yeah, she's like, her family used to lead Mandalore and all this type of stuff. And then, and then anyway, so the death watch continues to be this fringe group that is basically just living on the outsides of outskirts of Mandalorian society. But then when the purge happens, essentially long story long to answer your question that like, basically, yes, as far as we know currently in Canon and who knows what we'll find out in Mandalorian season three, but that basically at this point, pretty much it seems like the only Mandalorians that survived the purge are, are, ones who were part of death watch and living off world okay that's a long enough fucking answer for you yes i guess there's still answers that are yet to be answered within canon but yeah as far as we know yes that's all that's left but i wouldn't be surprised if we get to like mando season three and find out that actually there were some other groups that survived and there's some other people still on mandalore I have yeah. to, I, I would assume we're going to see either in the Ahsoka show or Mando season three, eventually we're going to get to see Sabine in person, which I think would be pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And like, and that's what I'm kind of gathering, like from just like the, the TVs or like the Disney plus shows. It's like, there's this very religious, like cultist uh, faction of the Mandalorians and then you have Bo-Katan who's, seems to be more just about like political gain and kind of having like a bigger foothold and like a presence in the galaxy for Mandalore. Right. I guess, I guess there's more out there as we just don't know that yet. Right. But she also totally used to be part of that fucking cult. So she's kind of full of shit too. Gotcha. So she understands why like Din Djarin didn't want to take his helmet off and whatnot. Yeah, totally. And I think she's also like, well, it's also weird because in the Clone Wars, 
they all take their helmets off. Death Watch takes their fucking helmets off all the time. So I think it's kind of like it kind of seems like after the Great Purge, they they went back even more to their old ways where they were not strict about that stuff in the Clone Wars. Like they took their fucking helmets off all the time. Right. See. Well, yeah, and that would that would fit, right? Some some tragedy like that further radicalizing a group. Right, and saying, "Oh, we have to go yeah. more back to the old ways in order to preserve them and that type of thing." Yeah, I think there's some there's some. I think you're right that there's some kind of clash impending with the armor. Yeah, you know, there's, there's something going on where Din is sort of starting to have some thoughts about. Yeah, he's starting to question the fucking dogma of the cult yeah. that he's been raised in. But uh, it, yeah, she because she even says something to set up further stuff for Mandalorian season three about like um, the only way you can be purified or whatever is in the waters underneath the mines of Mandalore, which I have to assume are Beskar mines. Um, but then they said, oh, they were all destroyed or whatever. So I, I have to assume that we're going to go see Mandalore in person in Mandalorian season three. I did see some funny memes about like how she says, oh, you're no longer a Mandalorian. And then it cuts to the title card of the Mandalorian, but it just says the man. <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> The memes, the memes are on point and they're so fast. Like that's, I think the thing I love about the internet these days is like an episode will come out and within like a couple hours, you're just fucking inundated with so many memes. It's amazing. Yeah. The best memes are, are pertaining to the episode that we can't discuss. I think. Yeah. Well, you we'll and I've been the, to the, the memes about people's noses. Um, but yeah, so I I liked the first half of this episode a lot, and then it, it kind of takes a turn about halfway through, and he uh, bro has to fucking fly coach. I felt I felt pretty bad for him. <laughs> Just sitting there all fucking depressed. New insights. The... I mean, we haven't really seen that much in the Star Wars world, right? The public. No, I think the Just only episode time... three. I, well, uh, is it episode two or episode three? I think it's yeah. episode two. Oh, or two, Anakin two. And yeah, right, May, yeah. yeah, they go to Naboo on a on a on a fucking public transportation. Um, but yeah, that's about the only time that I could. I mean, I guess I think in the Clone Wars type of thing in Rebels, we see it a little bit. But yeah, as um, far as live action, not 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 too much. <laughs> it was funny how he has to like fucking check all his stuff at the little TSA droid or whatever, and fucking emptying out all his his extra guns and knives and everything. Um, but yeah, I also have like some sneaking suspicion that that's like a backdoor pilot uh, or whatever you want to call it plug for the um, Disney has a uh, like starship star cruiser hotel or whatever. <laughs> that oh, oh, like, man. <laughs> you know, so we've seen that ship now in two or three episodes Um so I have to wonder that like maybe that that's like a sort of plug for for the it's like the hotel that you can stay at and it's like a fake star cruiser and whatever who knows but um it's crazy expensive too I can't remember how much it is but it's like holy fuck I could never afford to go there as cool yeah. as it might be um yeah. but yeah and then oh he sees a little little Rodian kid it obviously reminds him of of his little little buddy um and then he goes to what the fuck is her name Pe- pelly pelly moto um, yeah, pelly. she's so she's the best where, 
she is absolutely... thing, yeah oh no she's fucking hilarious and ridiculous yeah. but like so so she's there and they talk he's like oh i got a new ship and and okay so like the ship is awesome i was pretty stoked about that if i'm gonna be honest about the nabru starfighter um, oh my god can we uh so let's this is what I wanted to talk about. Is there is there a name ascribed to this bad boy? It's like the sweetest Corvette in all of the Star right. Wars. Universe. I mean, I don't think there is yet. Maybe the Slave Two. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, it's dope. It's basically like a hot rod version of the fucking N one Royal Guard Naboo Starfighter. It literally has the fucking like. Uh, outboard hot rod motor right. on it and everything. Um, I like how they all chromed it out to be like the Razor Crest, but it still yeah. has a couple little yellow streaks on it. Um, no, I thought the ship was rad as fuck. I thought it was cool that she has a little BD droid. I don't know. They just say BD, so who knows if it's if it's actually supposed to be BD one from fucking Jedi Fallen Order or if it's just a BD droid um had the same weird has the same limp on the same foot that bd1 had in the first yeah, part of that yeah. game too so it's like i, I don't know who knows yeah, the, but, the name of the ship should be just like how much money do i have to give to lego to get this yeah yeah <laughs> i'm re- yeah i'm ready for it yeah totally that has to be coming right like it has to be after um, what they did to me with like the uh the razor crest or the, the razor crest starship like all right <laughs> just just make it a set Yo, they I'll basically they, they basically with the razor crest they basically treated it the way that like in the Lego video games they treat things you know where it just like <laughs> it bursts into a bunch of individual bricks you know and then disappears. Right. <laughs> Except there's no like button where you can reassemble it. Um, well, I've even like when I saw the scene of him building it and like him like making all the like the adjustments and like like mods to the to the uh, and one starfighter like. But like, it's not gonna have all the things he needs, like, like the bathroom to, because he's he's like on in the galaxy for like months on end, years on end, and he doesn't have like the, uh, the carbonite. Yeah, he doesn't have station. the facilities. He doesn't. So have it's like it's them. it's not it's it's definitely a downgrade. Still, it's it's fast, but like, and I guess he has like the one like little pod in the middle of it that he took out the astromech like mechanism. Right, but it's yeah, it's definitely not. It's it's not as like, where are you gonna put all your bounties? Exactly, it's it's not as useful to to him, and that, that's what his point was. Okay, but it. all right, hang on though, because it's like if he's gonna go with this new way of just cutting off people's heads now that he has this fucking laser sword, he has a whole fucking emptied out astromech compartment. You know how many fucking heads you could fit back there? I, I guess that's a, a good lot. point. I guess that's a good point. He's just gonna. <laughs> I guess like the uh, instead of just freezing people dead or alive, he's just gonna cut off their heads, and that's that's his thing. Yeah. Bro, you could right. fit probably like 15, 20 heads back there, easy. Yep, and like he's not gonna have to deal with like the smell or anything because it's so fast. He can just separate compartment. Separate, separate compartment, compartment plus the ship's vacuum like vacuum sealed. Like probably like a uh, a, a three day journey is gonna, is gonna be cut down to like maybe a couple hour journey. He's like the that thing is fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. For sure. Uh, <laughs> so here's the thing that I've really been wanting to talk about since since this first happened. So Peli dated a Jawa. Yeah. And so 
rewatching that scene, I didn't even. I'm glad that we can this. go back to talk about this because this is really yeah, what yeah. the main no, thing I like, always want. This about. is like years. <laughs> this is like a years long conversation that's been going on. But it's like okay, so when she when the Jawas are coming up and they're talking and she speaks Jawa, which is fucking hilarious to like watch her speak <laughs> Jawa. Um, Amy Sedaris is funny as fuck, um, but she's like, oh yeah, I dated a Jawa. They're very furry. Which was interesting, but then <laughs> what I didn't notice the first time around is that one of the Jawas at, in that moment, right after she says, I dated a Jawa, one of them go, at, says something to her that's kind of sound, you know, it's like, right, it, he comes on her. Like, and, and she, dirty. exactly, because she goes, <laughs> she goes, she goes, I'm working on me right now. <laughs> so, like, clearly he asked her out and she said no. Right, so I thought that was fucking hilarious. I didn't even notice the first time because he's like, "Oh, you date Jawas? What about her? I don't know her?" And she was like, "No, no, I'm good. <laughs> Keep move along." But I thought that was fucking hilarious. But it's like, okay, so like, let's unpack this. Like, uh, uh, I don't even know where to begin. Um, I mean, I'm gonna begin with like, I'm pretty sure uh, Lucasfilm is tuned into this podcast because one, we predicted uh, Danny, Danny Trejo becoming part of the star wars universe right we've already discussed this in in like well well like is like interspecies this is what will was talking about we had a conversation years ago and it was i can't remember it was somebody who used to write into rogue one um when that was a show before it's changed his name it was a guy i can't remember his name and he wrote us an email responding to our conversation about cross-pollination this was actually the Rogue One podcast. Like they, no, this was on our podcast. On our podcast, guy, okay. There was a guy who, like, is only we only received a couple of emails ever, and it was from whatever this guy's name was, um, like Rich, I want to say maybe. Yeah. Um, and he sent us an email or two, like he shouted us out, and he fucking responded to one of our earliest conversations about cross pollination. So, yeah, like, cross pollination, it was definitely something that hold hold Snoke's like established and it became as my husky wants to cross pollinate with me but uh <laughs> anyway uh yeah like it's definitely something we discussed before i don't know if we specifically said jawa a human but like we, we've said That's similar a jawa human it's going to be an interesting outcome there for sure i, I mean, mean since they're furry like yeah. what are they so what do they look like underneath then though so we, I mean, we don't actually really know what the Jawas look like underneath. That's what I mean. So like, a human could just have sensibly like... camouflage. If a, a half human, half Jawa might just be able to to keep it under the hood, you know, as long as they weren't overly large. Well, and to talk to take it back to the rebels conversation, um, cross pollination is canonized because um, Kanan and Hera, Twilight and a human. They have a, a a son. Yeah. So is it just I, humanoids that can cross pollinate? But again, we've had. I think we've. I mean, yeah, it's like can an can an Ithorian cross pollinate with an uh, a fucking Clatuinian? You know what I mean? Like, what does that look like? We're all fine when it's too attractive, like humanoid looking motherfuckers. But like, yeah, I mean, it's not clear what the, what's the Mendelian you know, inheritance of these kind of deep split hybrids. It's like, could Max Rebo be pollinating here? That's what I'm saying. It's like, 
So the thing is, this is why the we can bring it back to the anatomical discussion about Max being really important because my Max right in front of me has a big old diaper, which presumably holds some big blue genitalia. (laughs) And that would give him the capacity to right to basically join the ranks. And and uh, I mean, he might he could probably date Pelly Motto. Maybe he has. They both. I mean, yeah, but. If Max is uh, basically uh, <clears throat> gooch outwards as he plays plays the the uh, red ball jet organ there, um, I would say that my first cursory inspection suggests he doesn't have the hardware necessary in order to like copulate with a human, uh, at least in a way that produces kids. You know what makes you say that? Because I mean that's his that's his groin area then if those are his legs. And it basically just looks well, like a I think like you're a, making a lot of assumptions about his jelly. about his equipment and his, his Well that's what I'm saying. But at a certain you know? point, the similarity of the equipment, like he needs to fertilize a human somehow. Does he need to? Well, if we're gonna make uh, a, a cross, yeah. I mean, if we're going to have a half Ortolan, half human. Well, we're lucky. Pelly Motto does seem like she's very open to any type of experience with any type of uh, yeah, I think she's individual. Like, I, she, I don't, if it's on Tatooine, she's probably giving it a try. Yeah, like I don't think there's many obstacles when it comes to just pure. All right, okay, so I have, and, to ask the, I, have to, I have to ask the uncomfortable question here then. I mean, these so are all look, pretty uncomfortable. Well, it's all it's all very uncomfortable, but it's about to get more uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so here's the 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 elephant in the room, or the the Max Bebo in the room. Um, we already live the blue elephant in the room. That, okay, there you go. I knew there was something there. Um, we already live in a world and a day and age where you know sex dolls and sex robots are sort of a thing. Um, to some extent it's only going more and more in that direction for good or bad or in between however you feel about it um but this is a this is a an individual who lives with like lives alone with like six or seven robots and is pretty well established as kind of a freak um so how many and which ones of those robots do you think that she is or has been fucking all of them like at once, she she seems pretty handy, and it's it, whatever whatever she needs to build with with to to satisfy her needs. I think she'll be be perfectly fine. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's kind of well, the part that is alarming to me is how quickly you guys all arrived. She's on that. she's on Tatooine, Craig. You're just like she's yeah, on- obviously. <laughs> she's I mean, on. The, I'm more with the dog on this one. I'm like that's upsetting. She's on yeah. like, <laughs> like whatever the Tatooine Craigslist is, and people are coming to her because of the robots, for sure. I mean, yeah. Wow. I mean, human robot relationships were canonized in the Solo movie, right? It's so they true, just... actually. That's true. That's actually very true. See, this is what I'm talking about. Like, people act like to act like, oh, Disney. Oh, they like made everything so like fucking like you know rounded off the edges and it's like no they if arguably if anything they've made things way way freakier like 
canonically. Uh, oh, if you really pay attention to it, like some of the scenes in like Maz Kanata's like uh palace. Yeah, what does she say? She said, Where's my boyfriend? Talking about that Wookiee. Can you even fucking imagine like the size difference alone? Yeah. Wild shit. I mean, she must have a big lint roller, is all I'm gonna say. Wow, you better fucking be careful what you better watch your tongue talking about the size of her lint roller. Yeah. I mean, she has leather couches. Is that what you call it? Yeah. (laughs) She definitely has Tyvek bed covering. Oh, Lord. (laughs) And a big water dish. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Okay, so, um, yeah, Star Wars. Uh, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I guess then they fire it up. And he fucking goes on a little pod racing adventure. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. He basically follows the track of the fucking pod race, goes through Beggar's Canyon. You pre- he goes by the fucking ramp, right? That Anakin yeah. blew through. And you see literally the wood from the fucking busted ramp is still sitting there on the ground uh, in, <laughs> in the same spot. And I, yeah, I, I love that whole little fucking scene and he fucking mobs I, out. It's because it's like, what do you do when you get a new car? You fucking take it out and see how fast yeah. you can go, right? Um, I, I do so. wish he would have blasted that womp rat, you know? <laughs> I know. They were, they set it up and they were begging <laughs> for it, literally in Beggar's Canyon. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. And then I do find it a little convenient that fucking what's his name? The guy, the goatee bald guy, X-Wing pilot is just literally everywhere all the time. Like, oh, hey, there you are again. Like, all right. Um, like, yeah, I'm they're sure pretty. There's more. I'm starting to get annoyed at those. Those like, guys. It's fine. It's fine if two X-Wing pilots show up, but it's like really the same fucking the same beat cop is just there every time man here yeah yeah yeah. it's fine it's whatever um the other the other uh so there's two there's the the um guy who's been in a bunch of the mando episodes obviously but then the other x-wing pilot is the guy who was the luke body double in mando season two in that when he comes through and fucks up all those dark troopers um and then they're just like, yeah, we don't want to do paperwork. We're just going to not <laughs> not do our job and not report this. Uh, but, um, oh, yeah. And then so he comes back and she's, she's like, how was it? He's a wizard. I was like, I fucking love it. I'm all here for it. I'm here for all the uh, prequel fucking references. and Because it seemed like for the first few years, Disney really did not want to make prequel references and now they're doing it all all fucking time so yeah. i'm here, here for it you can really I, thank I the like prequel it. memes community for that <laughs> yeah dude they've kept it alive but i also i'll also thank dave filoni because i think clone wars has retroactively done a lot to change people's opinions of that era of star wars like i think yeah for sure it it really yeah it, it's night and day difference compared to like 10 or 15 years ago and how people were talking about those movies i mean he essentially um, single-handedly built an expanded universe for those original you know the prequels that uh is so captivating you know and oh dude and, and love it 
And I think the thing that I find so incredible about Dave Filoni too is not just that like he takes beloved characters and adds, you know, connective tissue for them. That so if you look at Star Wars currently and that so so many of the arguably most popular characters in Star Wars are original creations of Dave Filoni. Like look at Ahsoka, look at fucking Mandalorian, which is like him and Don Favreau, look at fucking a lot, a number of the bounty hunters that he created on the Clone Wars. Um, not to name any, but um, yeah, no, so so many. And it's interesting too, because I feel like even somebody like Ezra, I think was a character a lot of people didn't like, kind of like Ahsoka when she first came out. But I have a feeling that in these next few live action series that, there's a good chance we're going to get to see Ezra and Thrawn come back. And I think Ezra could end up being one of those characters. I, I loved Ezra by the end of Rebels, much less, you know, what they might do with him in the future. But it, it, I, I just find that really cool to see that, like, so much of the, the shit in Star Wars that's super popular these days is stuff that Dave Filoni has created just literally on his own. Oh, yeah, I... I wholeheartedly agree like it's he is the spiritual successor to george lucas and like it's definitely permeates through uh, <laughs> i i i'll go into like what i really think about like these last two episodes i guess next week when we go over the uh episode six but like i i love them but uh I guess when like it when it comes down to, I feel like they kind of feel out of place when it comes to like this whole. Yeah, it almost series. feels like they're from a different show to some. Yeah, extent. not in, like it's so it's and without like saying too much more about it, it, it is interesting because, yeah, like you said, this episode five and then the next episode especially, it's like it ends up tying back together and whatever, but it it definitely goes on a bit of a detour and, it, it but it's funny though because. It does feel kind of inconsistent, you can yeah. argue, but I also, it's so funny because it's also very Dave Filoni because I went back, yeah. I went back and I was watching um, this panel from Celebration Orlando where it's him and Pablo Hidalgo talking about um, different characters from the Clone Wars and I won't, you know, say much more about, but it's talking about two two bounty hunters and their their interaction and a unfinished scene between them and whatever and <laughs> so fucking dave filoni in the middle of this interview he's talking he's just like yeah you know we we really like to give fans a really intense episode where a lot of really amazing stuff happens and then totally switch gears and just do a chopper episode and just go back and forth <laughs> and like really just keep and i was just like you fucking son of a bitch what's like, the what's like, the over under on episode seven being a chopper episode uh, I mean, I, I don't know what the over under is, but if it if it is, honestly, I would I would I would take Just it. I'd R- be happy. R two's journey or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, it's it's so funny, and it is true. If you go back and you look at Clone Wars, and you even you look at Mandalorian, even season I mean, the two, conversations is- we're having now with Book of Boba Fett are the same ones that we've had with Rebels over the years. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's like, and even Mandalorian season two, like the Frog Lady episode, it's like. Yeah. There's there's times where you're just like, huh? Where you, we're honestly, doing, we're the doing thing is, what in the whole like overall, 
holistically, I'm actually really grateful for the fact that Filoni is keeping in the lightheartedness. He's like making the stories and the universe diverse and like, you know, a, like there's that childlike quality to it that has always been there with Star Wars. And then, you know, I feel like is a key part of making it stay how it should be. But sometimes you get hit with it and you're like, God, I didn't need Jar Jar Binks or whatever, you know. But yeah. like, for the most part, this stuff does belong, I think. And it goes back all the way to like the original trilogy. Like people were kind of, I guess, third off guard by the Ewoks. Like, right. It's just, yeah, they've been arguing. They've been having these same arguments since the original trilogy. For sure. Yeah. And I'm sure in, in the first movie, they were like, that was a good movie, but fucking C-3PO, man. I just want to strangle him, you know? Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think the thing is, though, Yoda. Was- Yoda was so annoying. Oh, oh my yeah. God. He was the you- most annoying character ever. Oh, really? That's the most powerful Jedi ever is this fucking weird <laughs> Yeah. Man. I'm sure like- these fuming freaking keyboard warrior guys were absolutely just so angry about Yoda back in the day. Oh my god, if we had Twitter when Empire State Strikes Back came yeah. out, like what would people be saying about the most at those nine, 1980 dun, you know, Dungeons and Dragons meetups, there were some freaking sweaty glasses as people were feeling <laughs> yeah. about that stuff. <laughs> and then he comes yeah. back in Return of the Jedi just just to die, like slowly and Right. Like literally the most powerful Jedi in the world. He he eats some soup and dies. That's that's <laughs> right. I I don't know. It's I, if if I think about it honestly, I don't think there is a single Star Wars movie that there aren't parts where I'm just like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Like, okay, let's go through it. Like episode one, one of my favorites. Definitely some parts where I'm just like, oh my God. Mostly some silly Jar Jar parts or some fucking, I don't know. And I, I, I don't hate Jar Jar, not at all. But like, there's parts of that movie where I'm like, oh Jesus. Definitely parts of Attack of the Clones with Anakin and Padme scenes where I'm like, oh fucking Jesus. There's definitely some painful parts of Revenge of the Sith. Great movie. I I don't love A New Hope. I We've talked about it before. It's it, obviously it is the thing that everything else came from, but like that's a harder movie for me to sit through. There's parts of Empire that I think are like, well, that's one that's harder for me to pick at, but there are still parts of it that are probably less exciting for me. Fucking Return of the Jedi, the special edition, the fucking every time the scene, the band scene where the guy fucking comes in singing. Which there's a reference to in one of these latest episodes, uh, talking about Mayor McCheese, his henchman is singing like a whatever, and the the whatever that they talk that they mentioned is the same species as the fucking guy that is the like furry singer in the weird Return of the Jedi um, uh, special edition where there's that whole fucking musical dance number. That's so painful, and that's my favorite Star Wars movie, fucking. Definitely some shit about the sequels that I could pick on and say that I don't love in some certain part. But I don't think point is I don't think there's a single piece of Star Wars, Clone Wars, Rebels, any of it, where there's not some stuff where I'm just like, ah, Jesus, what the fuck are we doing here? But that that, doesn't mean that I don't love it. Speaking of which, now that you've you like explained where like you tied the threads between Mayor McCheese and and Mayor Mukshayes. I, I I can't unhear it. Did did you actually like think of that on your own, or is that like something? 
No, somebody pointed it out okay. on the internet, and and like, no, I'm not smart enough to, to notice that on my own. But somebody pointed it out on the internet, and then and I can't like. And it, it's so on. It, and it's so on point that like it can't be anything but that. But yeah, now that I, Mayor Makshais, Mayor Makshais, like, <laughs> like it's and and the different characters pronounce pronounce it slightly differently and whatever, but like. Which is also like another for... Star Wars y Star Wars thing that exists. Yeah, yeah. Han and Han. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, some, some of them even en- emphasize the McCheese more than others. Yeah. But no, it's silly. It's silly <laughs> as fuck. I mean, it's hilarious, but it's also just like, oh my, oh my God. I can't. I can't. No, that, that, that there's part of the heart of Star Wars that is just like a goofy space movie for kids. That like you yeah. have to. You, I mean, you, it's literally for children. Yes. At the end of the day, and like, what are we? We're fucking four overgrown children who like get together and talk about a children's TV or movie series. Like that's what we are. We're big kids. I I am on board with that. <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck is that little insect guy's name? I've just I've been quiet because I've been trying to figure it out. Which one? Oh, the, the, one that the... Got edited in Yowza, Joe Yowza, right? Yeah. What's his species? Uh, Joe Yowza. Joe. How do you spell Joe? And Cy Snoodles. The thing about I love about the Clone Wars is like Dave Filoni, though, like you're talking about. There's a whole fucking um. He's a Yuzum. Why Yuzum? Yep. singing like a Yuzum. A yuzum um, is a native to the forest moon of Endor, apparently. Oh, that makes sense. Um, but but like so talking about Clone Wars and at Dave Floney adding weird fucking connective tissue. There's a whole there's a whole story arc with Cy Snoodles in in um uh Clone Wars where like Cad Bane is involved in it and and Cy Snoodles is like the fucking uh girlfriend of I think Zero the Hut. Um and and like adds this whole other backstory where she's like this kind of like down on her luck fucking uh you know singer that's been fucking playing in all these like skeezy underworld clubs and yeah. it's just yeah it's like it's a character you never would fucking think twice about but then like all of a sudden they have their own episode and like get some pretty interesting backstory she's a yeah. Sauce Noodles is a sultry. She's sultry. She's got bro. You got. She she she's a Paloic. A what? A Paloic. Paloic. Interesting. Um, no, I'm realizing that Joe Yowza is the only member of the Max Rebo band to which I don't have an action figure. Yeah, know? well, he was he was like uh, he was a, a special edition addition like he, he yeah but i have added i have dota Badona Wido. you know is there a joe yowza figure i mean yeah there is i just is yeah, there really yeah from the same line or they uh it's, i mean it's from the 90s ones but i those oh, i have that collection oh wow i had oh oh wow oh yep because i've totally seen it because it's he comes pack, with slice noodles so i guess pack. that means i wow. don't have, I don't have him. The power of the force size noodles either. All right. Well, I know his, what you're getting. I know what you're getting for your birthday. <laughs> yeah, thanks. His species name is a yuzum, in case everyone yep. wanted to know. Yeah. Yuzum. That's yeah, because yeah, she said they said, Oh, did we get anything for Mayor McCheese's major domo? And she says, Yep, he's singing like a yuzum. 
Ah, um, it's, it's it's all it's all in there. It's all connected. Yeah. Um. So I would say, like, as much as I love this episode, I would give it a slightly lower rating than what I gave. I gave it eight point five. I think to episode four, I would give this an eight. I like it a lot, but um, for me, and I hate to be that guy, but um, loses a little bit of points for there's zero Boba Fett in the show in yeah. this episode, and they put Tamara Moore in the credits. Um, I'm not sure why, I think just because <laughs> they had to, but um, he's actually not in it, and I no, isn't it. it. Isn't it uh, at the end of the? Uh... No, no. Oh, oh! You, uh, Isn't there like no. a command room? Scene? No, that's the no, that's, 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 that's the next, next episode. episode. That's the next episode because I just rewatched this one this morning. Um, he's literally not in it. Um, yeah, I, yeah it's a great finish. episode. There's some really cool Star Wars shit. I loved all the Mando stuff. I loved all the uh, Tatooine stuff with the Starfighter. But if it loses a half point for me, it's just from the fact that he's literally not in it like even if it would have been boba and fennec to show up at the end to like okay he's i would have given it maybe a pass a little bit more i i love the episode i really did but i'm just like god damn it like he, where yeah. the fuck is boba fett i'm a hundred percent i i'm a hundred percent on board with you here like uh if, if this were the like the first episode of season three of Mandalorian, this would be like an 8.59 for me. Yeah. But be, because it's it's like this crucial episode, like it's kind of winding towards like the end of like the Boba Fett series, and there's no Boba Fett in it. And like you don't you, you get that one scene at the end where like Fennec is like, Oh hey, help us out. Right. And, and like honestly, even with that, like you could have a scene with him and Boba Fett. And like Jinjar's like, hey, I, I saw this like uh, Jinjar, this uh, Luke Skywalker guy who uh, he took my uh, Grogu or like my memes, memes to each other. And like, right. uh, and then Bofet's like, oh yeah, I know him. It's, on, there's like on Mando book. Yeah, there. Mando tube. Because of that missing element, I have to give it a seven point five, I guess, because I really liked it, but it just it just didn't fit in with what should be happening right now. It's like, I, I wanted to see too much. And even with the, the next episode, it even goes further, but we'll get to that next week. Yeah, and, but uh, I do yeah. think the next episode at least did a better job of balancing of like, the, it's still a detour, but there's more connective tissue that episode yeah. starts and ends with the story we've been following at least. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I, I'm on board with you where like it, it's a great episode. I love it. I loved every bit of it. Like it's some of my favorite Star Wars moments outside of the movies, even sometimes better than in the movies. But it just with itself in this series, it um it it's like kind of like a puzzle piece out of place. Yeah, the biggest yeah. meme and the biggest joke I've seen a million times is just that like, ooh, I hope I hope the next cameo we get in Book of yeah. Boba Fett is gonna be Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> I'm which is which is funny, hard. but like, oh no, oh no, I say like which is funny, but like I'm hoping by the end of this it all ties together, but we'll 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 see. Yeah, I'm I'm a hard disagree with you fellows here. I'm just trusting in in the master vision here, and uh, for me, this was to this point 
hands down the best. I mean, I give it a nine. Um, and I might tend towards a 9.25. Um, it's like it, it was uh, just a joy ride from start to finish for me. And I felt so jazzed up by the choreography. Jizzed up. The... Stop saying it like that. <laughs> I'm not going to say I felt jizzed up. You just uh, did. So – I was just the, the execution on the cinematography. I felt like we got some, uh, you know, some classic uh, moments with the Mando. I felt so happy to get um, some kind of polish back to the narrative. And I felt, I mean, my girl, Bryce Dallas Howard, I think I directed this one and it just felt yep. the energy back. And so, I mean, I do, I did have the same questions about like, okay, how is, I hope this is going to tie towards the grand conclusion and time is running out. And those questions remain through episode six, but at the same time, uh, I just, I took it for what it was and what it was, was a brilliant slice of, of uh, Mando energy that I badly needed to get me back into this season. That's fair enough. Yeah, I think yes. I think I'd give her probably nine, nine point five even. It's definitely my favorite. I think like the meme that's resonating with me right now, as far as like um it's like a picture of like Boba Fett sad and it's like, you know, to everyone's favorite two episodes of my show I'm not even in. It's kinda where I'm <laughs> feeling right now. <laughs> like, uh, He's in know. the next one a little bit. <laughs> but it's like like uh yeah, definitely. It was definitely weird, but like for me, I feel like it was a welcome change. I like the Boa Fett's not been my favorite show, Star Wars piece of Star Wars thing, and right. Um, definitely going to be something I probably watch just like one episode at a time or something. And this one's probably one of those episodes I'll watch a lot, where some of the early ones might not so much. So. Right. Yeah. This is definitely your favorite one so far. Yeah. Yeah. I was even a little worried when they pulled out the Naboo Starfighter and like started putting the hot rod stuff in, but you know, I think they played it off very well. Yeah. Yeah. We might get Watto back there, you know? Yo. <laughs> okay. Talk, real talk, real talk. Like cameos that I've been fucking itching for this whole time. That's the. Probably like one of the biggest ones up there for sure. The so Watto like, is definitely not coming back. I mean, he. I know. Well, what, yeah, he got Watto got canceled. Yeah, he's Watto not got canceled. But it's like okay, but we didn't get rid of um all the fucking uh, uh the trade federation, did we? Uh, yeah, they're definitely worse. canceled as well. The trade federation, but like they're um, all through all through fucking Clone Wars, which was not that long ago, so. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of like pure racial stereotyping, I don't think you could get any worse than those those guys. So. Oh yeah, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying it's like if we're if, uh, like those those things are are heavily featured throughout Star Wars. I think the best we could do is getting some of the sort of bit bit player pod racers who didn't die in the uh, the Boon to Eve classic. Yeah. Okay. Um... 
fuck, god damn it, what are their names? I was just playing it the other day. And I, I mean, Sebulba, like Sebulba, yeah, is Sebulba still alive? I don't know, but I, I could see uh, what's I'm Amy trying to Sims. remember if um, I mean, we got I'm trying to think back to the we um, to the 64 games. I mean, we definitely had like Eve Endicott, right. E.B. Endicott, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Ben Quagineros, Gasgano, Odie Mandrell, Dud Bolt, Clegg Holdfast. Clegg Holdfast feels like a new Joe down Clegg. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Team Toe Palagese, Aldarbido, Bulls Roar, Juan Sandage, Neva Key, Elon Mack, Fudd Sang. So Gasgano actually has a Lego figure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, he's like a head on a stick in a Lego figure. Clegg Holdfast is fucking ridiculous. Um, God, what was it? who was the guy that I always fucking was? He had the dopest. Mars Guo. Fuck yeah, Mars Guo. Rats Tyrell. Yeah. Slide Paramita. I don't remember that. Team Toe Palagese was the one I always was. <laughs> Yeah, I think I was guessing. Pagalese, fuck, I've been dyslexia-ing that for 20 years. I've always said Palagese. It's Pagalese. Oh, my life is a fucking lie. Ben, ben Quadineros. Ben Quadineros, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bulls Team Roar, Toe. Mahonic. <laughs> God damn it. Team Toe Pagalese. I've literally been saying Palagese for 20 fucking years. And it's Mahonic. I'm trying to remember what he looks like. This uh, is he's the a, most he's exciting conversation we've ever guys. had on yeah. here. Juan Sanders. Toy Dampner? I don't remember that one. All right. Well, fuck. Well. That's, all right. Well, uh, that's we'll all she wrote, I guess. Take bets on which one of these guys is, is making a comeback here. Yeah. My well, money's on Team Toe Palagese, even though it's not Ben Quadineros <laughs> shaking yo, his fist. Yo, if, 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 if Ben Quadineros <laughs> turns out to be the big bad, I think we'll all be pretty stoked. Yeah, like, he's working with Mayor McKee. Definitely. I feel like this, this, this has come up before. Like, there's definitely like a fantasy pot racing league. Like, that's, that's a thing. Haven't we talked about yeah. that? Right. Well, you it would have to be right. I mean, yeah. look at look at Attack of the Clones. Look at the amount of sports that are on TV in that bar. Like, there's yeah. there's definitely going to be some fantasy leagues going on with the amount of gambling and the amount of like things that are of that nature. Like, I yeah. I can't imagine that fantasy pod racing and fantasy sports are not a thing. Like, it, it's I don't know if it's canonical, but it's my head cannon. Who do you think is the Pete Rose of pod racing? Who basically, you know. Like, say, say again. Who do you think is the Pete Rose of pod racing? Oh, like Pete bet- Rose. Betting on the sport. Well, I hate to and- say it, but I think it might be your boy Ben Quadranero. He yeah, kind of has a Pete so Rose too. face. No, that's, a good, that's a good point. I think you're on. Got that right. Pete Rose jowl for sure. We need to, we need to really like, look at a picture of Ben Quadraneros and tell me that it's not a Pete Rose We need jowl. some regulation in pod racing, you know, with his performance oh. enhancing drugs and. <laughs> hey you know what you can again i hate to keep coming back but you can keep your fucking core world values out of my fucking outer <laughs> rim territories okay See, yeah i'd watch an entire episode about boba fett like getting the pod racing going up in the oh, game yeah dude you know, fuck absolutely. that would be incredible actually yeah. fuck actually that's an actually <laughs> god i really <laughs> hope we get a season two now because like no dude like some people fixing pod races and he has to fuck Dude, can you imagine getting a new pod racing scene? 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Pod racing. Guys. I, I, mean, even say, I hadn't even. I would bet. It. I well, would that, bet that. That's they, actually relating back, back to this episode. Is like they they go through the uh, Beggar's Canyon. Like, yeah, can see, I would yeah, bet yeah. that we have a callback. You know, he loves to pull back like classic ships and stuff. So I would bet that a pod racer comes back. Well, that we, we, we got the we got the Cobb Vance uh, pod racer engine speeder, which was super cool. And oh, they literally made true. a Lego set. They made a Lego set from that episode with Mando speeder, which I because I have the set. And it comes with the Mando speeder and it comes with a Tuscan and a fucking big crossbow. And the missed opportunity to not put Cobb Vance and his fucking pod racer bike in that set is still very upsetting to me. Agreed. Yeah. And they literally just Lego. did like a, a Lego pod race for, for you. You know what we should do? Set. We should write a letter to the Lego company. Well, they're obviously listening. So, guys. Well, they did. So, I notes. wrote a letter angrily to the Lego company in like 19... 19- 96 which was like listen lego you need to make star wars and you need to make indiana jones legos i know I remember when they did i was like they took they listened oh to you me. you literally complained to me and to our parents and you're like they i wrote them guys you don't even understand i wrote them this letter and they stole my idea yeah i was like they what do i do me. i'm like, basically what a lego do designer i call to get <laughs> <laughs> and i have a lawsuit that i could have you any day what's is that pending like what's the yeah like, i mean i'm still status? talking it through with my counsel and stuff yeah for sure it's hard because i don't have the letter anymore so because i sent my only copy to the letter yeah because it was written in crayon yeah <laughs> yeah word so i have to subpoena <laughs> it from them well good luck with that all right fellas that's i guess that what was a two-hour one today well, after. you know, we're getting we're after it. We're getting our Joe Rogan on. All right. Just settle down. All right. Yeah. Neil Young. <laughs> we'll see you for the final, the thrilling conclusion. Fuck yeah. Well, the thrilling double whammy, because we'll have six and seven. Who, Like I said a couple weeks ago, like the stuff we're sitting here talking about right now, I wouldn't have fucking necessarily guessed. And the shit we're going to talk about next week, I definitely would not have guessed, much less the fucking whatever is going to happen in the finale. So I'm expectations I'm, are high. Expectations, bro. Are high. I I think I I I would be surprised if the finale is not just complete fucking mayhem. Like if we're looking back at Mando season one finale, Mando season two finale, the Clone Wars finales, Rebels finales, like any of that stuff tells me. This shit is gonna fucking be be fucking crazy and shit's gonna about to pop off. So I'm fucking stoked. I'm excited for it. But yeah, fuck. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, My boys. body is ready. <laughs> Have a I'm good all week. jizzed up. Get, get yourself all all jizz whaled and um, <laughs> be ready to go next week. We will be there. All right. All right. All right. Say guys. All right, adios.